0: Welcome to The Unlabeling Effect, where three distinctive women daringly dive into some taboos with the intention to normalize the uncomfortable yet vital conversations. We're ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery with comrades like you. Let's commence on this week's episode on moments of self-doubt. Of course, it's not a nice feeling to feel anxious or a feeling unhappy or unsatisfied with yourselves but what if the anxiety driven self-doubts can motivate a person to take certain actions that then serve as the positives let's dive into this topic today and get us to understand how the self-doubt play a role in each of our lives so i'm your host melody and with me today are vivian and rita General speaking, how often or under what circumstances that you guys would have self-doubts moments?
1: For me, self-doubt hits me the most when I'm under the spotlight, mm. especially it's in a public setting during a QA and a session. I don't know, it just stresses me out big time. So I'll say I'm pretty comfortable with my job only when I have to deliver speech publicly or give a lecture. Those are moments that still freak me out a lot.
2: Self-doubts appear most often when I'm in conflict with someone. It's a complete contrast of what I expected. It's the uncertainties that I hate. So for Rita, it can be like you're going on stage.
1: When people criticize or question me in a very aggressive and blunt manner, I would just kind of stress out and I might become defensive to look stronger maybe so except my day-to-day work life I could share some more about the application to my study which is a PhD degree it is a very very trying process because you have to prepare a lot and ask for loads of help and people to review and mm-hmm. also you have to trouble a lot of people to get reference letters I would just be super gutted when I got rejection and also you have to face the reality that the scholarship application is separated from the seat mm-hmm. so it happened to me many times that I got the seat but not a scholarship so it just kept on telling you that you're being rejected and those are times that I self doubt myself whether I'm capable of being a candidate or whether I'm good enough for this college I just kept on being questioned by rejection
0: the action of being rejected is actually quite common I would say among a lot of people mm. it could be within a workspace or it could be in the context of relationships As you said, constantly being rejected would trigger your self-doubts.
1: No matter how much you believe in yourself, self-doubt would just creep up on you time and again because of various external factors. It's nothing that you could control. I think in my case, I have to acknowledge that it's not my ability that is of question, but it's just the environment or it's the opportunity that's available.
2: It ties back to our episode on knowing your worth, on whether self-worth is a consumable product. Like how many rejections can you take to slowly see your self-worth depreciating? So the recent experience was for my teammates at work. We're in a startup environment and we have certain expectations on staff members. And I tried my best to create a comfortable and relaxed, playful environment for everyone. But when it comes to a point where one of the members just pulled me aside and said that this is too much for me and I cannot deliver what's asked. I kind of doubted myself whether I was inspiring enough for her to want to achieve her best self. I did take a lot of time to, you know, dissect every actions and every conversation that I had with her. And I talked to multiple designers in the same field as her to ask whether there's something that I can do to inspire her to get that spark for her project. Like surprisingly, all the feedback that I got was that, no, there's nothing you can do. If a designer is not passionate enough for
0: her work, there's very little things that you can do. But that triggered you to doubt yourself instead of looking into whether she is fulfilled or satisfied
2: within Mm -hmm. herself. I am proud of myself to have the awareness to reflect on it. However, the one thing that I find really helpful is to doubt your doubts. It's to analyze whether the statement that you have in your head, is it true? If it's true, what's the references? Is it the, something that you said? Is it a pattern of your behavior? Or it's anything that can support this statement? And most of the time, I find there were none.
1: I had a subordinate, and I didn't bring the best out of him. I think mm. because he he was constantly underperformed, which made him come across being very lazy. But reflecting on my own behavior, I think I didn't appreciate it enough. Like, whenever he delivers something, I never try to appreciate what he did mm. and... To thank him enough, I was pretty straightforward in telling him what the task should be fulfilled and accomplished and get things done instead of building that relationship. And we didn't have a really good work partnership. But looking back, I don't think I had been a good leader or a senior. Especially when I was taught by my senior, I got so inspired. I got more passionate in my job. Mm. And I was so thankful to her. And I didn't do what she did to him. And I doubted myself at that time. I could be a lot better than what I've done.
2: You doubted yourself as a leader? Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in Rita's point of view on what did your boss do to make you more passionate on your job?
1: She didn't act like she is my senior. She hands over things to me in a very smooth manner. I could be very creative in doing what I want to do, but then I have her at my back to help me out. And whenever I present something that my boss might not like, she would take responsibility. And she would take the fall sometime and make me feel I'm so protected even I want to try out stuff.
2: I was in the exact same shoes of your senior. I was doing that for a very long time. But then recently, my job duties have expanded drastically. So I didn't have the energy to do that. Do you think your expectations of a senior is too much? Why would she take responsibility of your ideas when it didn't
1: work out? Exactly. I didn't expect that. That's why it's like surprising to me.
2: But is that the definition of a good senior? She was giving you the space to grow. Yeah. She was giving you the opportunity
0: to grow. She really
1: looked at me as a junior in workplace that is gonna thrive. And whenever I did something, no matter how minor, she would give me credit in front of my boss. And it makes me feel like I'm
2: worthy here I reflect on who I am as a manager and to be honest I think I do create a safe space for people to grow and pitch their ideas but where do you find out the differentiation of knowing that yes that person is just not comfortable with taking criticism or you're not doing a good
0: job as a manager one thing that you have to accept, which I'm sure you already have accepted, but it's just moments like this trigger you to really doubt yourself mm. is that everyone knows with work environment, honestly, the personality and the relationships can be quite complicating, yeah, and it's impossible to please everyone. and yes, she's a person that you have to manage, yeah, but it doesn't mean that you guys personality wise are compatible. And perhaps the problem is within herself. It might Mm -hmm. not necessarily be fully or solely on you.
2: Mm. Because you're only
0: thinking about this from a one-side perspective. True.
2: There's a very personal struggle that I can share with the Yui audience. It's that the more I know myself, I know that there's this best Vivian that I want to achieve sometime. And I'm working so hard on it. But then at the same time, it's full of uncertainties whether I will achieve that goal one day. But when I am more mindful into my day-to-day activities and my decisions, I kind of doubted whether the time that I used for achieving my goals and trial and error and everything. But I compensated my time with my friends and family, especially my family, with something that is unknown Mm -hmm. so i kind of doubt whether this mindset is right and whether i have this ability to take me wherever i want to go
0: and how often do you receive this self-doubt
2: moment oh wow all the time because whenever my family texts me and they're like, we're having dinner, do you want to come? I was like, no, I can't. And then when, when my family wants to talk to me and then I said, I have to call you back tomorrow. I see their faces. I see their responses. The disappointment. Yes. And I always wonder and doubt if, if it's all worth it because I might not succeed. And I don't like that version of myself. And this is the two Vivians battling. Hey, you want to achieve this person. You have to do this. You have to put in the time, energy, research, talk to people, network. But there's another Vivian that said, you have to live in the present and you have to know your priorities and they're not going to be here forever. And I understand what they want from me, but I just cannot find the balance that I need. This is kind of like the doubting moment. It bothers me the most. I feel like this
0: struggle happens among a lot of people. Mm. I definitely have that struggle as well. I think I always try to look at the bigger picture. And I know that even if I'm working on a side hustle and it might not succeed, if I'm putting my energy in, my family would be proud of me regardless of the result. I think that's the mindset I have to change,
2: because you're right. I think there are two different types of fear here. The first is fear of failure, which has always been a problem of mine, and the other one is the goal that I wanted to make my parents proud, but As you said, it's really eye-opening for me. It's that your parents would be proud of you either you succeeded or failed. That's something that I cannot wrap my head around. It is hard for me to accept and I want so bad that they will be proud of me and they will live a
1: comfortable life because of me. I kind of use regulation or schedule to override my emotion. I just schedule my day in a way that optimizes all the sectors that I prioritize in my life. For example, I have my career section blocked from 9 to 6. Then I work full on. Even if I'm in the mood at 6, I will stop it and move on to another sector. Because I know in long term, that's going to give me a well-rounded life. Instead of, you know, feeling off balance at some point and being upset about myself altogether.
2: I am very prone to remember things that are negative. Like I always resonate with things that are negative more than positive, which is it's me and I'm trying to work on it. But it's just it's just how I internally wired. So whenever I have some sort of achievement, I jot it down. And I think it's also interesting that you said, Mel, to look at the bigger picture. Because uh, one article that I read about dealing with self-doubts is to make your mission bigger than your fear. It's like Simon Sinek's books on finding your why, the purpose. When I try to, you know, this all the side hustle projects that I have, there are so many things that can go wrong. And everything... that can go wrong will go wrong and then i was scared to take those steps i i have to admit before i take a step whether on my sustainable fashion label or now on my other projects i can always picture you know the worst thing that can happen that other side of the picture never comes
0: into my mind the positive side Mm. this is exactly what i wanted to bring us to about taking risks When it comes to taking risks or making a decision, self-doubt moments tend to kick in. When you have to make some decisions that the results are unknown, you might freak out or you might just get very nervous
1: or scared. You know, I make mistakes sometimes, but I really am not afraid of taking risks. Even in relationship or work or whatever, you know, I infest or fall in love with the wrong one, but that's okay, you know, I'm just going to learn. And that's gonna be part of me and if it's a good call great if it's not fine I'm not gonna hold on to it and blame the young me for making that decision it's interesting that you said that because at least for me
0: it really depends on the consequence of that risk exactly if it's a risk that would only hurt for example, my feelings for a certain amount of time, then I might risk it. But if it comes to a business decision, for example, that I might potentially lose a certain amount of money, then that kind of self-doubts are kind of there to remind me to think Mm. deeper and think more carefully if that decision is worth it. Self-doubts come so often. And I think the most efficient
2: way to deal with it is really seeing if that self-doubt has references. Trying to understand the reason behind your doubt, whether it's because of fear or because of growth.
0: Another point that I would add is, whether that self-doubt moment would positively contribute to your decision. Imagine if that self-doubt is actually giving you some positive pressure. That is
1: also a great side of having self-doubt moments, mm. right? The perks of having self-doubt to me is I will always get fully prepared before going onto stage or you know under public scrutinization. But because I know that it's very easy for me to go to a very defensive mode when I got criticism, mm. so maybe it's to protect my ego. And now I'm very mindful of it. I would try to delay my response and to understand whether that's a question or criticism that's going to help me. If that's just a question that I've never heard of or even thought of, I would just say I'm going to look into it. And there's no shame about that. The meaning of a symposium or a lecture is just a platform for knowledge exchange. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't see it as as a knowledge show off. If it's
0: just for sharing, it's a sharing platform, then the focus should be delivering something that the audience could take away Mm. instead of just doubting if you have enough knowledge Mm. on this subject because the fact that you were invited to give a speech, that already is a reassurance itself.
2: I really like the idea that Rita shaped self-doubt as an ego. And it's actually true. I gave myself this kind of expectations on I need to achieve this and that and that to make my parents proud, but it's actually my ego talking.
1: I would want to know where does the fear come from for, for you two?
2: I mean, reflecting of my previous decisions, the biggest cost is financial and time. Like Even though I have a good experience, it would cost the years that I could have put my focus or develop on my career. And that's a risk that I took and I couldn't take them back. Like So far with my past experiences, not many decisions that based on growth really worked out that well.
1: Or maybe it's just how I see it. Maybe it's good for some people, maybe it's not. You could just mm. see things, maybe it's just a blessing in disguise, you know? If those things didn't happen, you didn't make those choices, mm. we won't see the feeling that's sitting here and talking about all these.
0: The fear of not being resilient enough can sometimes make me doubt my ability because I really enjoy the process of taking risks or making certain decisions. But if the result or the outcome might not align with my expectations, sometimes I might question if I'm resilient enough to take the consequence. After our conversations today, clearly we're all still processing and learning to manage or coexist with our self-doubt moments. But it might be a good idea to understand the intention behind it and if you were still unable to break down your thoughts seeking perspectives from your trusted ones might also be a great solution that's all for today's episode of moments of self-doubt join us again next time when we talk about what to do on your bad days thank you for tuning in and let's continue the conversation on instagram at Unlabeling Effect. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes and give us a rating. Until then, dare to feel, dare to be real.